Can I rant for a second? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some random hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized that people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. That's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC terms apply. JLab Audio is personal tech designed for you that fits your life, looks cool, and offers surprisingly awesome value. Imagine the products and features you actually want and make sure the entire experience of owning them is a great one. A new legacy in sound, JLab's new luxury over-ear headphones, seamlessly blending innovation and lab-quality sound. Over here at Fake Doctors, real friends, we love our JLab Audio headphones. They feature over 70 hours of playtime, four different colorways to choose from, and three noise control modes. Use Real Friends for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Donald, I'm very excited today. I'm very excited today, too. Listen, man, hold on. Before we get it started and before yes. we get into this, I'm so happy with all of the press that we're getting yes. and all of the people that are listening to us yes. and stuff. thank you for the listening. The fans are tuning in. This is really amazing, We dude. certainly weren't expecting uh, it to be, We just did press to Australia. I, I, we certainly weren't expecting this kind of reaction. Not at all. And I did some press for Emergence today. Yeah. And they wanted to talk about the podcast. Yes. And it was overseas, though. It was like in the UK and stuff. Yeah. I guess we're, we're are we playing Donald. in the UK. Is this yes, true? We're all over the globe. You can listen to this in Stad. You can listen. Can in... you really listen to it in Stad? Yes. If you have a computer, you can listen to us, right? As Joel? long as you have iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts, you can hear us. I'm but we're very a sponsor. Amped up. Our plug is iHeart, so big shout out to iHeart. Hello, I don't have a, We don't have a sponsor yet, really, yet. We will, I guess. But I just want to say that uh, Red Bull, if you want to sponsor us, you should, because I just drank a full one, and I am so hyped up right now. Oh, I, man. I'm so thrilled about our guest. So am I. I'm very excited about who we have on the show today. But first, we should sing, Donald. Let's get into it. Five, six, seven, eight. Some stories about a show we made. About a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, he's got stories that you all should know. So gather around to hear our, gather around to hear our Scrubs Rewatch Show with Zach and Donald. All right. Now, you might know her as um, America's favorite Canadian. You might know her as uh, Second Becky. You might know her as uh, the beautiful blonde 
that starred on the show Scrubs for many years. Go ahead, Donald. You do the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats, dogs, whatever you may be, please welcome to the show the one and only Sarah Chalk. Sarah Chalk. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Sarah, don't worry. We'll add thunderous applause. Um, It'll sound like you walked into a stadium. Yeah, Dan, can, can you add th- thunderous applause thunderous. later? Thank you. All right, yeah. here's Sarah Chalk. Hi, Sarah. I, I didn't know whether to talk because yeah, I didn't hear the thunderous applause. So I thought maybe I was just getting a glitch in these fancy headphones. Can I see you guys? Like right now I'm staring at the GarageBand screen. Can I make it small so I can see you guys? All you yes, got to do Sarah. is click back on Zoom. So, so Dan, can I make, can I hit the yellow button and make GarageBand small? I'm just going to put it out there. You ruined our introduction. I'm just yeah. going to no, put no, it no, out no, there. No, 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 guys, you can edit this, this out, Dan. No, 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 I don't want to edit it out, Dan. Listen, no, listen, I want the, now that Sarah's like, ruined the magic, <laughs> I want the fans to know that we've been on the, we've been on Zoom for a half hour while Sarah was getting technical support from our editor. Sarah literally had a, Sarah had a fucking technical intervention with our editor. She was like, how do you start your laptop? <laughs> and yet I've still felt, I've never felt more proud are you? than I do in this moment because, I, okay, I just want to successfully, Jean-Michel is going to edit this out. Just give me one second. I'm going to hit the yellow button in the corner, Dan, and minimize GarageBand so I can see Zach and Donald. Right, do it. it just Sarah. do it. Go for you it. You don't even have to ask for I'm me. worried that Sarah is going to call Dan for other technical help in her life. She's going to be like, hey, Dan, I'm, Dan. I can't get Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> 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 I have that Dan's email. That weird cough laugh I'm telling you just heard you, is a Sarah Chalk special. <laughs> How are you, yeah. Sarah? I'm good, guys. I miss you. I miss you. And now seeing you on this Zoom is making me miss you more. Nostalgic. It's a weird right? How are you where, right where are you quarantining in Canada, I imagine? So I'm quarantining. I'm quarantining in Canada. My sister and I have decided to quarantine our families together. So we have communally six children, three dogs, and a cat. Wow. Wow. How so, are you doing school? How's school going? School's interesting. School is um, basically, we have children between the ages of three and 16. So we'd only have so many screens and so much bandwidth to attend different online classes. So we've been kind of doing some of that and then some group classes. I, uh, my sister is a lawyer, so she's teaching law. So like really nice. light things like, you know, um, lessons on the rights of the child, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, next week's the Constitution. And nice. I do equally important things like give them cartoon sides and they audition for cartoons. That's um, amazing. Maybe you well could, you, you could um, give them a scene from Rick and Morty and you guys could all play parts. We have actually, we've done, we've done some, um, some cartoons. We haven't reached Rick and Morty yet because that's not appropriate for the four-year-old. <laughs> right. And as it's sort of, you know, tight quarters... Uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but yeah, it's, um, it's pretty nuts. I mean, I, we, we're, we're all quarantined together. I'm the designated grocery shopper probably because of all my OCD tendencies. So I feel like, um, that's the most harrowing experience in, uh, in my life right now, which is, uh, you know, I go to the grocery store, I have my own, you know, version of PPE, which is like rating the drama eight props bin. So I have like a toque and sunglasses and I, you know, just put my hoodie up and gloves a on. Toque, and a toque for you brave. non-Canadians is a hat. It's, it's a hat, yes. A hat. I, was, I was about to say, I was about to say, what the fuck is a toque? Sarah, if you could... <laughs> it's Sarah, like a beanie. Sarah, if you wouldn't mind translating your Canadianisms as we go through the podcast today, because <laughs> there are some non-Canadians listening. Listen, yes, the main, the main ones really are toque, garburator, 
parkade and seawall. What's Duck a gar- what's a garburator? What's a garburator? Oh, the garbage disposal. The garbage yeah. disposal. Got it. Yeah, which and happened what- to be the first thing that broke when I went when I came to Los Angeles, and the landlord did not understand me. And a parkade you were like, My is, garbar- a, <laughs> is a parkade a parking a parking structure. Zach, your Canadian's doing very well. You've been studying. I'm just guessing. I'm playing a game called Guess the Canadian Expression. So are there any other are there any other ones we should know about? Parkade, um seawall. What's a seawall? The obvious? A seawall? Like a, board, a, a boardwalk. <laughs> oh, okay. oh boardwalk. <laughs> the boardwalk. Nice. And then you have that thing with the gravy and, and fries. What's that called? But that's maybe that's Yeah, La Poutine. Okay. There poutine. You go. I, I know about poutine. That's oh, French, so good. isn't it? Yeah, it's the gravy and the cheese curds on top of a, of the fries. It's just that gravy and delicious. cheese on fries, but they, they, they take great pride in it in Canada. They do. How's your guys' quarantine going? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Is that sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you spend listen, in that closet, than, Donald? Listen, be I'm going to be honest with you. Donald uh, hides I'm out gonna, in that closet, Sarah, listen, every, every day. Be, Donald gonna, tells his family that he's recording the podcast. Donald's family thinks he records the podcast every day and he's in the closet. But meanwhile, we do it twice a week. <laughs> yeah, my wife keeps asking, like, yo, how come? How, when is the next episode coming out? Do you record so many of them? <laughs> You're banking him. Of course, You're it's banking coming him. soon. Casey thinks that Donald records like four podcasts a day in there. <laughs> well, I definitely do a lot of press. I'll be like, oh, I'm doing so much press right now. You should set up, you should set up your, your, uh, your PlayStation in there, Donald. I just don't know how I get the TV in here. That's the problem. <laughs> Dan, Dan knows. Dan, Dan, Dan knows. He knows. Dan, he can help Dan could hook it up. Dan, do it. Dan, really quickly. It says Zoom would like to record <laughs> this computer no. screen. Grant access no. to this application and security and privacy no. preferences. No, Deny. No, 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 no. You don't want to record this. Sarah, screen. Dan is ours. Sarah. He's not. He's not there for your technical needs. <laughs> okay. So let's get into it. Let's get in. Wait, before we get into the episode, Sarah, Donald and I have done this a few episodes now, and now that we have you. We wanted to ask you, um, tell us about your casting process, because as I remember, you were coming off of Roseanne. You were doing that particularly unique thing where you had replaced the Becky. That was years before, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I was like 17, 18, 19, 20 when that happened. So four years before. And, uh, and by the way, I was thinking as, we, as I was preparing for this, because Sarah, I do a lot of research. I get really into this now. By the way, I found, yeah. for you Scrubs fans out there, and for us, I found a website called Scrubs Wiki, W-I-K-I, where it has like everything you ever wanted to know about Scrubs. Like I'm like literally, whoever made that, Well, it doesn't you. have everything. It doesn't have us. No, it doesn't have us, but it, no. has, a lot of, uh, it has a lot of insightful information. And, um, I, and feel like, I feel like they should not go to Wiki, Scrubs Wiki. Yeah, but it has like it literally has like these are the fantasies in the episode. These are the girls' name JD was called. These are it's like all break broken oh down. So, someone put a lot of work into it. Don, give him a shout out. Shout, shout out. out to you for putting all that work in. But we got it from here. <laughs> oh my god, Donald's <laughs> jealous. All right, listen, um, Donald. As I, you guys, before I was thinking about Sarah, and I was thinking, is there another example uh, other than Roseanne where and they just replaced the actress and had them play the same character? And I was Darren, thinking about Fresh Bewitched. Bewitched. Now, did, was he still? Was he just a different Darren? Yeah, I think they just flipped him out. Flipped, flipped him, him out. out. Tell just briefly about that because I find it's it's a very unique thing. And you've told me and Donald, and I just wanted if you could just talk about what that was like really quickly because I think it's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was 16 when I auditioned, and uh, it was Glenn Quinn, the guy who played 
my husband, Mark, the audition was with him and he just made out with seven girls. Consec- we were all dressed exactly the same in matching pink shirts. And the whole scene was this like makeout scene where he's like, baby, baby, come here. And I'm like, get a job at the gas station. Get a job at the gas station. He's like, baby, baby, come here. And it was literally like every other actress that was auditioning was like 22, living in Los Angeles. I flew in. They flew me in for the night to go and read. And... Uh, I just remember, I was 16, he was 24, and just thinking, he is so handsome, how am I going to remember one line? And um, they said, we'll let you know in in a couple days, and then they called back, and they are like, okay, come back tomorrow and read with Roseanne. Then I did, and then Tom Arnold called me at home a few days later, and he was trying to feel out whether I was going to leave the show to go to college, because I was younger then, and still you know, at an age where I would do that. And and Sarah Gilbert at the time had left to go to Yale and she was flying back to do episodes and Lisi had left to go to Vassar. And so I knew right away that that's what he was asking. I could tell that's what he was getting at. So So I was like, no, he was probably not allowed to do that. Right. So he was sort of tiptoeing around. Right. Like Roseanne was like, I can't call baby. Why don't you call? Why don't you call? That's pretty much what happened. Probably yes. So then I said, uh, I was like, no, no, college, gross, absolutely not. And I knew I would go to college, but it was a the Roseanne was a big opportunity for gross. me, and I knew you, that I wouldn't. You, were, you knew you weren't going to lose the job over it, so you were like, no, college, ew. college, vomit. And I, I just did it on the side, and so, uh, so I got the job. But the craziest part of the story that I actually hadn't remembered, and we were talking about recently, was they called me and told me I had the job, and I went to a party that night. So I'm going to this like little high school in. Canada and I I get this phone call that I was going to replace Becky and I told a couple people and it spread around our high school pretty fast it sounded like a lie I mean it doesn't like I'm going to replace Becky on the Roseanne show the Roseanne show was the number one show at the time it sounded fake and um, then I get a call the following week and it was the Roseanne show saying we're getting cold feet about recasting Becky so we don't know if we're going to do it so we're going to hold you for four months we're going to give you 10 grand to hold you. So first of all, I'd never heard of money like $10,000. And I, I thought to do nothing, like just to sit here for four months while you make a decision. And then the other half of me thought like, my ass is grass at high school. Like <laughs> They're, they're going to tell me in four months if we're actually going to do this. So I had to kind of wait. You should have just whole... brought that money, Sarah. You should have just brought that money to school and just like, fanned it out. <laughs> like, they got me on hold, y'all. I wasn't lying. Y'all, they this is called, hold. for those of you who don't know, this is called a holding deal. Right, this, is a, this is a holding fee. Excuse they me. holding me. Excuse me while I fan my face with my holding deal. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And then, uh, and then I know, and by the time you convert it to Canadian dollars, it was obviously a whole different situation. So, so yes, yeah, so it was a crazy, it was a crazy experience. I was a baby and I had no idea what I was doing. And I just watched like Roseanne and Laurie Metcalf and Sandra Bernhardt and Sarah Gilbert and John Goodman and Johnny Galecki and this like ridiculous list of comedians and, um, was kind of in awe and a little bit terrified. And then, after two seasons, they, you know, gave everybody hugs by like, I'll see you guys after hiatus, which is the break that you take between seasons for anyone listening to that weird term. And uh, then I get a phone call saying, Lisey's coming back to play Becky. And apparently I said, I want to talk to Roseanne for closure. I don't remember doing that, but apparently that's what I said. <laughs> and so I did. And then, um, and then they called me like six episodes into the following season and said, come back this week Darlene's getting married in an episode and um can you come down and be Becky and I was like it went and they said tomorrow so Lisi had just Lisi had just changed her mind and she left they they didn't tell me they just said can you come back tomorrow and I said well I'm 
going to college up here now. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm doing this um, movie of the week where John Ritter, interestingly enough, who played obviously your dad on Scrubs, I was doing a, a TV movie with him up here. And I said, so I can come on, I can come on Friday night for tape night. So it was the craziest day. I remember I wrote an oceanography exam at like 6.30 in the morning, went straight and did a scene with this pregnancy belly. I just remember ripping the pregnancy belly off on the way to the airport and got to LA and they had a car waiting for me with hair and makeup in the car. Oh my God. I did my hair and makeup on the way to the live taping and the taping had already started and I hadn't seen anyone since I'd been fired. And they, uh, they were like, hold these flowers, say this, stand here, do this. It got to you know the point where Roseanne would take questions from the audience. And somebody said, why do you keep switching Becky's back and forth? And she was like, well, it's going to be chalky from now on. And that's how I found out I had the job back for the last year and a half of the show. Wow. That's insane. Wow. I really think, Sarah, crazy. that is a, that is a story that I, I never heard of another actor having. That is just, for if you're, if you're, I mean, when do you ever see or hear something like that happening to an actor? That's just insane. Well, we, as we all know, Sarah has the craziest luck in the history of, like, just everything happens to Sarah. Sarah, we touched on that a bit in an earlier episode, how you would come in on Monday morning and you would have a story that was like nothing else we had ever heard. And it happened every <laughs> week. <laughs> Honestly, I still feel like sometimes I need to call you guys because I'm like, you you would not believe what just happened to me. Lately, it's mostly at the grocery store. I mostly want to call you after I leave the grocery store and be like, take a deep breath and be like, <gasps> okay, so I get there. The produce box bottoms out and all the produce drops in the main aisle where everybody's standing. The woman behind me coughs, the woman in front of me. I mean, that is every day. Right we now. just couldn't wow. believe that every Monday morning you would be like, you are not going to believe what happened to me this weekend. <laughs> and then and then we'd be like, yeah, right. And then it would she would go into a story that was like, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Right. That's just this weekend. Right. And also, it would be so crazy. I'd be like, there's no way she can make this shit up. Right. There's no way she can make this I, up. I mean, so I, it is incredible how similar I am with Elliot. Okay, well, yeah. let's talk about the audition process. Yeah, then. talk about that's a good segue uh, into talk about getting scrubs now because uh, what was what was the auditioning process when I read finally came around to to getting callbacks? I was I was reading with you, so you were were you the first person cast? Donald and I were cast together. Yeah, my audition process. I had just moved back, like after the Roseanne show, I moved back to Canada for four years. And then my best friend had finished film school and she wanted to produce and I wanted to act. And there's, you know, there was just at the time, not as much filming in Canada as does now. And I um, creatively was like, okay, I'll, I'll go back and give LA another try. We had a, we got a six month sublet and we moved down. We didn't know anyone and we never had any plans. And so this one night we had plans, we were going to a show and I get this, I get two auditions in my, you know, for the next day. And normally I'm so type A, I would have canceled my plans and spent every second that existed between getting the sides until going into the audition, working on it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not canceling, you know, on Jen. We're going to go to the show. And I got home and it was midnight. And my audition was at 9 a.m. And the other audition was at noon. My Scrubs audition was at 9 a.m. And I, uh, I opened the script and I started reading it. And I swore every page. I was like, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. This is so good. And every page I was like, oh, shit. This is like the best thing I've ever read. Oh, fuck. I want this job so badly. I want this part so bad. And so by 1230, <laughs> I'm like sitting there with having read the script with these sides. And I love the show. I love the writing. I love the part so much. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll skip the other audition. I won't read that one. Whatever that is goes in the garbage. 
And I read with Debbie and Brett, the casting directors at nine o'clock on a Friday morning. And they said, okay, can you come back at three to read with Bill? That's a good sign. That's a great and, sign uh, right there. That's and a then one of our, one of Jen's and my very, very good friend's husbands was in town for work and he had come over to visit us. And so him and Jen, Aaron Brindle and Jen read the, read the sides with me. And so we just kept like running them. And then I went in and uh, auditioned with Bill at three. Auditions were like 10 days later because they were still casting other people to go to studio and network. So then we did studio and then network. So there's four auditions and I wore the same thing. To every <laughs> I do too. <laughs> See, I, re- I, I remember that about outfit. you, Sarah, because the last two auditions, we were there together. I remember that. And you wore the same jeans with the big ass belt. <laughs> And it had a big belt buckle. Am I right? Okay, I know the belt you're talking about. Yeah. I went through a very big belt buckle collecting phase. <laughs> so I had this old vintage leather belt. And then I would switch out like, a, like an old Coca-Cola belt buckle. or like. So I did wear the belt a lot. But in my memory, I don't know. We could both... Either, I have no idea which one of us is right. But in my memory, what I wore was... I wore black boots with the heel, black pants, and a tight black tank top. Because when I first moved... To LA and I would go on these auditions. I remember I went out for an Aaron Spelling wearing these like plaid funky bell bottoms that I thought were really cool in this like vintage t-shirt. And I thought that I was like super excited about this outfit. I walked in and there were 10 girls and they were all wearing tight black tank tops and tight black pants. And I thought, oh, okay, so that's how you do it here. Got it. I remember the jeans being blue. I do remember them being, I thought they were tight as fuck too. I remember being like, damn, them jeans is tight. I was the same I was the same way not with the tight jeans but I the second I started getting callbacks I was like I'm I'm not washing this I want my pheromones I want my pheromones on it I'm not not jinxing this thing and I would get like another callback and be like not changing not I mean I was just so towards the end I remember I was like doing the same thing I did that morning. I would get up, I would sit in the chair, have a coffee. I would go to the treadmill, do 30 minutes. Like I had a whole regiment. I, I would listen to the same few songs before I went to the audition. I like had a ritual. Do you remember what they were? Uh, I, definitely Madonna. One of mine was Change by Blind Melon. Oh, I love it. How does a me- How is a melon blind? That doesn't oh, make no sense. Donald is the name of a very popular band. You might like their music. Let's circle back to Sarah's audition process. <laughs> Um, I feel like probably I'm guessing that Baby's Got Back was another one of the songs. Wow. Oh, wow. That that really got you. Well, do you want to tell ready. them your Baby Got Back story? Yes. I was very impressed that you knew. I didn't know that song as well as you knew that song. For grad parent event, we had to do a uh, talent for the parents and kids got up and played the violin and the piano and 10 of my girlfriends and I got up and danced and we had a whole routine. The routine the you did is a bit, it was a bit sexual. I, I think that was kind of odd for the talent show. No, they were seniors, though. I think all of our parents were probably like, I should ask them. I should, like, what did you think when your child was up there at grad parent event? It seems like a very odd. How old were you guys? We were in grade 12, which is Canadian oh, for so 12th you, grade. Yeah, right. So you were about to graduate. <laughs> we were in grade 12, yeah. which is Canadian for 12th grade. <laughs> yep. So anywho, I uh, listened to my songs, the Holden BC lot. Mm-hmm. And in the quarantine cleanup, I did find my sides from the audition. Little visitors pass. Oh, you saved it. I saved both of those. But uh, I remember being in the parking lot and just like seat back in the car and lying there. And someone told me to do this. I've never told anyone this, but um, to visualize yourself 
walking into the audition, visualize the whole thing playing out and visualize yourself walking out and it going really well. And um, so I remember sitting in my car in the NBC parking lot, closing my eyes, visualizing the whole thing. And then, um, and then Donald and I were in there together with some other Turks and some other Elliot's and some other JDs. And, and we basically all took turns going in and then they came back out and then you go back in with this person and read together and then they pair you up and you read together and it was um yeah pretty nerve-wracking let me ask you a question did you know any of the young ladies that were auditioning for your role i knew both of the guys that were auditioning for turk i knew and i not only did i know them i knew them well too like i hung out with one of them uh, we, and we used to play a lot of basketball together. And then the other one, we did a bunch of movies together. Or we did a movie together, but I would see him out at the club all the time. Was it Denzel? I wish it was Denzel. I wish I could be like Denzel. <laughs> I got it. Yo, D, I got, I got it, that shit. Denzel. Denzel, this one's mine. I'm sorry. Sorry, buddy. You'll bounce back. Don't worry about it. So was that weird to sit there with kind of buddies or... Yeah, you know, it was very it was very weird and it was it's also one of those things where it was like, you know, if one of these guys get it, I'm going to freaking I'm going to lose my shit, you know what I mean? Like as much as I love you guys and as much as, you know, I root for you guys, I want this so bad. I want this so bad I I could taste it. Both very successful, have gone on to do other things. I just really wanted Chris Turk bad. Yeah, well you got it. I mean, so when you're sitting in that, for people that are listening, when you're sitting in that position and you're going to studio, you're going to network, you don't have the part yet and you sign a six-year contract, they call it five plus one. And I'm always like, well, but isn't that six years? <laughs> that's 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 a contract lingo for don't tell them it's six years. We're going to call it five plus one. Yeah, five plus one. So you sign five plus one. And I feel like that's always such a a feeling of... I mean, you're 24 and you're thinking, wow, until I'm 30. And in any other scenario, that would kind of take your breath away. In this case, I was just like, yes, for the love of God, please, a hundred years of doing this. Like there was no, there was no two seconds of thinking about it. It was like, I'm desperate. And wow, if it could ever go, I, I would be grateful for as many years as it would go for. And that feeling of just complete signing that and, and so hopeful that would happen anyways. Then Bill called me, uh, a few hours later that day, or it was the next day. It was very soon after the audition. It was either later that day or the next day. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't believe it. I think we all probably, after reading that script, kind of felt like it was really something special and had the possibility of, I mean, obviously you never know, but the chance to go for a chunk well, of time as you know, the writing Sarah, is so good. As you know, Sarah, I did not read the script before we shot the pilot. I didn't read the script until the table read. And I was like, oh, that's what happens. Really? <laughs> Dude. I didn't know it was a freaking dope pilot until my agent was like, dude, this is like a really big pilot. I Wait, had no but I clue. never I never knew the trivia that you didn't read the script till the table read. Dude, I did not know that. Remember the Titans? I didn't know what happened in the script until the table read. That's I remember not, we did the t- that is Dude, so I just bad, knew dude. all listen. That's so I, bad. I just knew only my stuff. This was I was a kid. I was young. Listen, I, there would be times when we'd be shooting scrubs where, you know, the whole script wasn't out yet and you know, because the writers were behind. So we would We'd get scenes, but Bill would sort of explain what was going on. And, you know, you shoot out of order. So we'd be like, Monday morning, you know, time to rehearse. And Donald and I are like standing on a table. And he, he'd whisper in my ear, be like, yo, yo, why are we standing on a table? <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea what was happening in the script. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the legendary Sarah Chalk. 
Can I rant for a second? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some random hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized that people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. That's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC terms apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know that feeling when you just have something you need to get off your chest? It's like a rain cloud following you around in your life. People all carry around different stressors, big and small. Everyone has stress, but we all handle it differently. When you keep your emotions bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. We talk all the time about how much therapy has benefited us. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced a major life trauma. Therapy can help everyone with daily challenges with friends, family, and other relationships. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should start with BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RealFriends today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash real friends. Hey, listeners, it's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix sleep mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends. That's helixsleep.com slash realfriends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. JLab Audio is personal tech designed for you that fits your life, looks cool, and offers surprisingly awesome value. Imagine the products and features you actually want and make sure the entire experience owning them is a great one. Always packing the most functionality and fun into every product at a truly accessible price. Zach, mm. let me tell you, JLab has these new luxury over-ear headphones called the JBuds Lux ANC. Yep. These seamlessly blend innovation and lab quality sound, all in these sleek headphones that guarantee an elevated listening experience. You can connect to multiple devices, customize your sound in the JLab app, and get over 70 hours of playtime. Well, buddy, those sound pretty cool, but have you heard of the JBuds ANC3? They are the smallest smart active noise canceling true wireless earbuds you can find. You can also connect to multiple devices, but these come with a built in USB C charging cable and a noise canceling microphone for crisp, clear phone calls. Use Real Friends for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Sports Rewind Show with Zach and Donald. 
And we're back. And we're back. Sarah, tell us about- Okay, uh, just really quickly, really quickly before I tell you, I need to tell you my favorite example of Donald not having read the scene was during the auditions in the show when you were, it was like, I can't remember what season, but we're supposed to be auditioning and Neil and Sam Lloyd are auditioning you. And like, I remember you walked in and you, you know, were like, oh yeah, I think I could, you read the actual script. You're like, I think I can, you know, come up with a dance for that. And you had to come up with a dance and you just came up with on the spot and you're such a fucking good dancer you came up with this unbelievable dance to poison and then like my kids are all obsessed with the fact that's that it's the up. Fortnite dance well, now well, and they watch the Fortnite character do it beside you and, so, like, so, so, so. and they've all tried to learn it we've tried to learn it i can't learn it it's too i, hard. I don't think i could even do it again Listen. so, so the, the, i just want to say the building off what sarah said that's a perfect example sorry sarah that is the best example donald hadn't read the script and everyone loves that dance people talk about it it's the Fortnite dance it's everywhere donald literally showed up and was like you want me to do what now and he had to, and he totally improvised that dance on the spot well there was a lot of years of of you know i was a huge new edition fan a huge bell bib devoe fan i still am a huge uh new edition and bell bib devoe fan uh and bobby brown and ralph Tresvan, all of them Anyway, I had been dancing like that my whole life, pretty much, since I was like, and since 92, I was doing dances like that. And so when they were like, we want you to dance to Poison, in my mind, I was like, yeah, I know, I know some steps that I could do to that. To everybody else, because I remember I was late that day, everybody packed the room that day, and I know the pressure was on me, but I was like, this is, this is something that I do all the time. Now, there are other times where I didn't prepare when we were doing the show and it cost us like hours of filming. Oh my God. Donald. I remember I was, I was, I was directing once and Donald had a paragraph of medical jargon, like a really hard, a, a paragraph you would, anyone would have to practice a lot. Cause it was like fast medical jargon and like five sentences. And I was directing and just Donald could not get it. Cause he hadn't even looked at it. It's not something you could do on the spot. And I remember, you know, when you're directing a scene, you normally start with the widest shots and then you start moving into closer and closer angles. And I was like, Don, we got to move on, dude. I, I, don't worry. We'll cut it together. We cut it together. By the time we got to like an extreme close-up of Donald's face, like eyebrow to chin, he finally got it. And if you watch that episode, like Donald does the whole monologue in a shot that's like this tight. Because <laughs> that was finally the only time he ever got it. Those days are over, by the way. Just anybody who's looking to hire me for anything, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I am not like that anymore. I don't am, worry. I I'm sure no, no <laughs> casting directors or directors are listening to our podcast. <laughs> but and what Zach was saying about, uh, you know, getting the script sometimes, you know, as the season would get towards the end and the writers were so taxed trying to crank out these scripts that were so funny. I remember one morning we got to work on a Monday morning and it was the week that uh, my character had the voiceover because each of our characters had a voiceover for one time and they didn't have the script out yet, but we had to start shooting something. And so they said, we're just going to do a long kind of steady cam shot following you through the hallways. And I just want you to change your face around to go with different <laughs> emotions and things you're going to write. So just, you know, you're walking and you're thinking like a little bit happy and you're a little bit sad. And then you're thinking about something. <laughs> we literally <laughs> talked for two hours, just me in a steady cam. We're like, that's funny that they probably had to eventually write to your expressions because they were changing. Because then they didn't, and the camera didn't want to cut away. So it's like, okay, wait, she's about it. Got a second of of seriousness. 
and then a smile. So like we need a one second sentence and then it's something to smile about. <laughs> and then, then looking a little nostalgic and. <laughs> All right. Should we go into this episode? This is one of my I favorite episodes. Should. This is one of my favorite episodes of the whole nine years. It really is special. And I want you to know, I, I haven't seen it in, in 20 years and I got goosebumps multiple times watching it. That's how it really does hold up. I was about to say, there's some really great moments in this show. In particular with you, Sarah, this, this, you know, I, I looked at this show when I first, when we first did this show, I was like, oh, wow, we all get a chance to shine here. But this was a moment I feel like for you and for Judy as well, where you guys, you guys really crushed this episode. Like it's really fucking good. Like you two alone, you, you and Judy alone, like really, I don't know what it is, but you guys start off on a, you know, as adversaries and by the end of it, you're friends. And that's. For a half an hour to be able to tell a story like that's very difficult to 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 start two people off as enemies, especially when the narrative so far in the show has been you guys not getting along. And so, you know, it really is a testament to how good you are as an actress that you guys were able to not only bring the funny, but bring the drama and then also bring the connection so that the story tracks all the way through. And I just wanted to give you props on that straight up right out you know, the bat. And also it was so early on in the show too. It was episode four. And so for us to be able to jump in and tell such a good story is really a testament to how good, first of all, Matt Tarsus, holy shit. Yeah. What a good writer, dude. Matt Tarsus wrote it. And we should also say that this was the first episode not directed by Adam Bernstein. And it was the first episode directed by uh, Mark Buckland, who really added a lot of cool style. You know, we've spoken um, about how Adam Bernstein really developed the language of how the camera moves in scrubs and how you could do some trick shots and how there was a lot of creativity. The camera was a character in the show. And Mark Buckland, I think, with this episode, really took that and, and ran with it and added a lot of, of, of new language to, to the, the way the show was shot. Adam Bernstein, um, it should be said, directed the Baby's Got Back video in case anyone out there does not know that. Well, yes, that's, that, is, that is beautiful trivia there for you Scrubs fans. Sarah can do the full dance and knows all the lyrics to Baby's Got Back and coincidentally... Was it Sir Mix-a-Lot? Yes, it is. Sir the Mix -a -Lot. Sir Mix-a-Lot music video was directed by Adam Bernstein. There you go. That's not on your Scrubs wiki. Right. Thank you. Told you, wiki. Wiki, we got it from here. <laughs> well, first of all, Donald, thank you for saying all those nice things. I felt the same way about you guys. Like, I was, like, going, like, wow, Donald and Zach fucking nailing this episode. And it's, like, we just started. Like, we were a few weeks in. It was that fourth episode, but it was the third one that we'd shot in that chunk, you know, separated out from the pilot. And, like, I feel like Bill had told us a long time ago that – he didn't he say to the network we're gonna set it up one out of every three patients die here and you're kind of waiting the whole episode to find out who it's gonna be and then they all die i feel like he said that to the network and they said no you can only have one patient die and he said nope it's gonna be all three but we have to do that yeah. mm -hmm. we're coming out of the gate right now we're gonna show the audience that this is what the show is and all those years on scrubs this one for me absolutely is the one that stands out whenever i think of the show as being the one that really shows the responsibility that's put on these young, young, young doctors. I mean, my little sister is in her first year right now of being a real doctor. What a crazy time in the world to be doing that. Wow. Um, and I can't believe her stories. I can't believe what level of responsibility that they're given right out of the gate. I mean, you know, I'll be at work on set and I'm on lunch and I come back from lunch and she's like, you know, she's just been doing CPR on someone for 30 minutes trying to save them. And I'm like, well, I was just in hair and makeup touch-ups and they took the same curl and yeah. recurled it again right. to make it 
curly. <laughs> like yeah. it just, it's such a, uh, it's, it just takes your breath away really what the decisions young doctors have to make. Do you think your sister was inspired by you? I mean, it's interesting, you know, a lot of y- younger sisters might be inspired that their older sister was a real doctor, but because she grew up with you playing this character, do you, does she think that that inspired her at all? Oh, I tried to get my, I remember I'd say to my family, like, hey guys, like, did you see, you know, I was so excited about the show and I was like, did you see? And they were like, well, we T-vote it because it's on the same time as 24, but that Jack Bauer, did you see what, <laughs> what he did? <laughs> um, no, they, uh, I feel like, you know, she's 13 years younger than me and I would like to think that I had uh, that kind of an influence, but really she came out of the womb, a doctor. I mean, she the stories are crazy. I mean, yeah, she, she was just so interested in medicine from such a young age and really so calm under pressure. Like I remember just, just responsible. I mean, I remember we went on a road trip and she'd had her license for maybe two weeks. And my dad was like, so she's going to drive. Right. And I was like, dad, I've been, I've been driving for 13 and a half years. He's like, yeah, yeah. So, so she's going to drive. Right. Like she just, (laughs) this is just a much more responsible human, but it definitely has been interesting. Just Rewatching a couple, like just last night, rewatching a couple of the early episodes, and thinking them, thinking about them just in the context of, of her and and this one in particular, because um, it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable. As you know, you see JD and Elliot and Turk and the pressure that is on them, and just all of the, all of it, like trying yeah. to figure out, you know, what what calls they can make on their own and when to go for help. Here's a little bit more Scrubs trivia. Your little sister. Taught my 18-year-old when he was probably nine to ten months at this time how to walk. That's right. Oh and it God, happened on the third floor of the hospital, right in between our dressing rooms. That's so crazy. Crazy. And now she's an adult and she's taking care of patients. Wow. Is she on the front line right now? She is. I think about her mostly every minute. Wow. We we bring pots and pans every night, all of us. And my three year old has broken a couple measuring cups because she gets so into it. <laughs> That's very sweet. You do it as like an honor to the healthcare workers. Yeah. So it's it's really cool, actually. Everybody everybody goes out on their on their everybody goes outside at like seven o'clock and just bangs the pots Thanks and pans and screams and cheers. Oh, I like that. I want my neighborhood. I want my neighborhood to do that. I I, I we need a primal scream. Oh, you start it. It's so cool. Yeah. Just segueing back to the show, I wanted to just say that um, you'll hear us at a minute and 45 seconds, there's this really cool Steadicam shot that really kind of sets up the, the the tone of the show. You'll hear us talk about the, the word Steadicam a lot on on this. And if you don't know what it is, it's a, it's a, it's a way of mounting the camera on, a, on an operator's body so that the operator can move around and the camera just feels like it's floating around. And it's something that was used extensively on the Scrubs set as we traveled on the hallways. But I, I pointed out as I was talking about Mark Buckland, the director's style, how I like this sort of way he's introducing that this episode is going to be about the three of us, where the camera starts on me and then it and then it goes to Sarah and it never, it never cuts. And then it goes by the children. Then it comes up to Donald as he comes into the room. And, and uh, I just thought that was kind of a, an early example of something that we did ended up doing a lot of, of, of sort of moving around the, the hallways without cutting a lot. Yeah. Also, if I don't know if you guys noticed, but the hospital's really dark in this episode. Yeah, did that's you, true. The lights aren't on, really. Everything's, you know, it's very, very dark in this episode. Not only that, here's another thing. It's jumping ahead, but this is one of the first times where Kelso isn't the bad guy on the show also. 
What I've noticed is that when we're dealing with something like that's as powerful or as strong as death, it's us versus the hospital, if you've noticed that. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. the it's the cast versus versus death. And in this one, Kelso gives is a mentor in this one. He gives really good advice in this one to JD. Mm-hmm. And he's not the obstacle. He's the one that's actually trying to help solve the problems in this. Mm-hmm. Now, if you watch other episodes, he's never really like that. You know what I mean? He's always he's always the bad guy. This was the first episode well, obviously the first episode in the run, but this is the first episode that I can remember where I was like, wow, Kelso was on board with us this whole time. Mm-hmm. I you like what, what I mean? you pointed out too about the lighting because traditionally in, in half-hour TV comedy, everything's always bright. There's like this unwritten rule that it, for it to be funny, it's got to be bright. And and again, just challenging some of the conventions in this episode, both John Inwood, the cinematographer, and, and Mark Buckland did things like have have it be in dark rooms, you know, having some of the dramatic moments uh, like an ICU later uh, happen in in you know at at night or or at, or at sundown, which I thought was I agree that was something I hadn't I hadn't noticed. That was this is the first time they did that. Yeah, it carries on throughout the series too. Yeah, at two twenty six we meet Catherine Justin playing Mrs. Tanner. Now she is such an was she has since passed away, but was mm-hmm. such an extraordinary actress, and I remember. She had just done a very high-profile run on The West Wing where that character had passed away as well. And I remember thinking, well, is that going to be odd that she's coming on to our... I mean, I'm glad she's coming on because she's a wonderful actress, but having just played someone else who who died, I think I just remember that being in my head. Like, she had just done such a high-profile moment on, on West Wing. Um, but then the second I started working with her, I, I, I just felt in awe of her... Of her talent and that was the furthest thing from my mind one of my favorite moments in the episode when she says are you a good doctor and you say it's probably too soon to tell like (laughs) i just feel like it's such a such an example of how the show walked that line of like you're just on the edge of your seat and you're crying and then you're laughing and there's a few moments oh there's a couple of moments that i laughed my ass off uh when jd goes to the park to meet up with her yeah and he's like you gotta get your ass back to the hospital (laughs) And then he's like, is that some more's? And then they cut away. And then they cut back and he's still chastising her. But now he's got chocolate all on his lips. Yeah. <laughs> JD was not going to pass up a s'mores moment. Are you kidding me? You think he could have no. gotten a big cake? <laughs> JD was not. JD was trying. It was perfect JD thing to be like really trying to be taken seriously with s'mores chocolate over all over his lips. <laughs> Another one of my favorite laugh out loud moments is when Donald is doing the workout video. <laughs> Let me give a sweat on. Is, by the way, which is, on. which is foreshadowing the poison dance a little bit because right. you're dancing in the very same room. And, right. and a little bit of, and some and some sweet moves that I guarantee you were not in the uh 80s workout video. But when he's like, she had such energy and warmth. Dude, the woman League of Women Voters called and they want to know where to send your membership. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, tell us about I'm a tell us about I'm a chunky monkey from Funky Town because I remember that and I just was like, who wrote that? That is the most random thing in the world. I guess Matt Tarsus or who knows. But was the idea that you were just testing out Elliot was just testing out <laughs> that she could say anything in front of a woman? Yes, yes, I think so. Yes, <laughs> obviously very- to Carla's dismay. There's a lot of there's a lot of trivia in this episode because we we introduced characters that from that moment on weren't on the show anymore. Like I remember uh Layla Lee, 
she plays the surgeon in the room with Dr. Wynn and Turk. She was really good. I had the yeah. same reaction. I was like, what happened to her? She was good. Yeah, so I do know the story. I remember we were filming, and it was a couple of episodes in, and she was going to come back as my nemesis. And she was saying how she had just got this part on a television show that was going to take her out of California, or not out of California, but out of the Los Angeles area. And she was going to go do that instead. And I remember being like, but what about us? What about what about what we've got going? This is so funny. And she was like, you know, I'm a guest star on this show, but on the other show, I would be a lead. And so she went and took the other job, to be honest with you. And that's, Do you remember what the show was? It was Tremors. Oh, okay. It was a syndicated version of Tremors. And I remember it ran for a while. And, I, and the dad from uh, Family Ties, I think, is on it. I'm not sure. I could well, be I just remember um, watching that scene, which we'll get to later in the episode, and and you guys had such a funny banter that that spoofing of um, okay. of a couple driving together, and I and then I had the same thought. I go, oh, that 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 young woman was so funny. What happened to her? And I guess she got her own show at the time. She got well, yeah, she got a job and went on to do other things. Two other people of Scrubs lore who were introduced in this episode, um, seven fifty nine. Yeah. I very quickly, if you watch Danny Rose. Oh. He was Bill's assistant, then obviously became a producer on the show. He walks by in the park and he has tankers on, on his, his shoulder. shoulders. Yeah. And tankers was what a big bulldog that he yeah. had? Yeah. Tankers. And I just, we have to talk about the legendary Mike Schwartz, who um, plays his very first appearance, a very first appearance. A lot of times we're watching these episodes and I forget that some of these people were introduced so early. So Mike Schwartz was one of the writers on the show, very funny uh, comedy writer. And he plays the delivery guy, the UPS guy, if you will, that uh, is first they establish him giving something to Kelso. And then later he comes and delivers the ton of bricks to me. He is uh, he we had so many laughs with that guy, huh? Oh, my God. Oh, man, he, was he was constantly doing bits and making us all laugh like you'd walk by him in the hallway and he'd be like, what? What's that? Oh, it's J. Crew. <laughs> he would do this. He would do this bit that I, I don't know why it was so funny, but he would go. He would pretend to call off to someone that wasn't there. And he would and he would do a bit where he was pretending that they were asking him who made his shirt. And so he'd be reaching for the tag. He'd be go, what? Oh, hold on. Let me. Oh, yeah, it's J. Crew. And, <laughs> and it was so stupid, but he was talking to no one. And you would laugh every single time. Every time. Or loneliest <laughs> yeah. guy in the world where you tap him on the shoulder and be like. Right. Well, we ended up putting right. that in the show. We ended right. up putting that in the show. <laughs> totally. he, he went on to uh, be the, was he the drummer? For the for the air band, that same episode that we were talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he liked his character. Like later episodes, we learned that his character liked speed metal. Right, and he and and that his character was a big time like drug addict and everything like that, and was always I, I think high so. and stuff like that. And he was yeah. very lonely. But that that bit about that was his bit where you if he no one touched him, so if you ever did graze his shoulder, he would sort of mm, cuddle cuddle his own shoulder because he was so lonely. Because he was so lonely and, and lacking of touch. <laughs> Loneliest guy in the world. And then Randall Winston is introduced as Death. Yes. Death, yeah. Randall Winston, right. our fearless so leader. Rand Randall Winston was our line producer um, uh, on the show. And uh, for those who don't know, a line producer is the producer that really is handling the sort of the, the daily money of things, really like the guy with the spreadsheet being like, we can afford that, we can't afford that. And uh, he was a very, he was, he is a very tall man. How, how tall would you say he is? Six, seven or something? Six, six. Yeah, and so he... He was established early on as as death, and, a and he lot played of you, death throughout the whole run. Yes, and some of you are too uh, young to know that what this joke is about Connect Four. But Connect Four was a was a game from. It the still eight, is a game. Kids still no, play Connect but Four. But I'm saying they didn't have the cheesy ad. 
right, the cheesy right, right. ad in the eighties was a brother and sister playing, and the sister wins, and the brother goes, "Pretty sneaky, sis." <laughs> Remember that? You guys can look it up on YouTube. And so that's why we were spoofing that old eighties ad where 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 I go, "Pretty sneaky death." But you got to do the lead up to it is, "I win." Where? I don't see it. Right yeah. here, diagonally. Pretty we... sneaky, sis. Pretty <laughs> sneaky, sis. And Randall, is uh, his main belief was that it's not a party unless both hands are in the air. So we had the most incredible rap parties and Shoot, yeah. we would rap shows, we had great parties, man. And Randall, and Randall is like some of the highlights of every part, like, some of the best party highlights that I've ever experienced involve Randall. Yeah, involve fortunately Randall, for us, dude. Fortunately for us, the guy spending the money for the party really loved to party. Right. <laughs> yeah, we had some good parties. I'm sure there's episodes where they were like, you don't need that set. We're throwing a party. <laughs> <laughs> Why Johnny sees um, home space looked very sparse because we needed to go to Vegas. Oh my God. We were just right. talking about that, how Johnny C, they didn't get around to Johnny C's uh, apartment. Really building Johnny C's apartment. It was just a hospital set. But I think Randall spearheaded, I'm sure the, like we got to, we got to go on a, that crazy, amazing trip, everybody to Vegas. We had to do like, they were able to kind of combine a press event with a scrubs wrap party. And so they organized it. So like our whole cat went to Vegas all together. Yeah, things that'll never happen Ever in, in never again. Ever I, again. I doubt any show is taking their whole company to Vegas to throw a bash. Those that were, will those, not those happen. Were the old, again. Those were the old days. Yeah. That's oh my god! A wrap when we got that. to shoot a whole season in the Bahamas with the whole crew. Not a season. Yeah, not a season. Just a couple I mean, episodes. Episodes. Sarah may have stayed and shot a season. <laughs> <laughs> what is a season? Uh, Donald, uh, I want to know a sports question, and I want you to be honest. Yes. Did you know what the quote unquote catch was? Absolutely. Talked about it. It's a famous thing that sports people know about. Absolutely. So Joe Montana. Yeah. It looked like he couldn't throw it to anyone in this game. Now, granted, I don't know who who uh, they were playing. So when we're talking about it in the show, I didn't know who they were playing. But he found Dwight Clark in the end zone, and it was you know it's one of the biggest catches in history. As a matter of fact, it's a part of a commercial, like a Gatorade commercial or something like that. And that's how I first heard about it, because I wasn't a big uh, football fan growing up. I didn't I didn't become a football fan until later on in life. But yes, I did know when we did the when when they referenced the catch, I knew exactly what it was. Okay, good because I didn't know because I I don't know anything about sports. If like everyone who's into sports knows, oh, the catch. It's called like the catch. Well, I mean, at that time it was called the catch. I'm sure since then they're like Eli Manning and Mario Manningham. They have a. You know, how he found him on the, you know, running down the, it's, it's, I didn't know when or where the catch was, but I had heard of the reference before. Donald, tell us about the bowling thing. Cause I was laughing at this going, what are those, what are those pins? Like, what is that supposed to be in the hospital? Those so, giant blue things. First of all, this, this is a testament for how immature Christopher Turk was. So the kid says to him, Hey, it's the catch. Turk turns around and goes, yeah, I'll watch the catch with you. And within 15 minutes, he's bowling a kid down the hospital hall. Like, how did this kid convince... Like, that's how weak-willed Chris Turk is. How in the hell did this kid convince him to put him in a wheelchair and push him down the hall into a bunch of... I guess they were recycling bins. 
Is that what they were supposed to be? Recycling I think bins? so. Because to I, me, they look like cardboard tubes that someone <laughs> right. I'm hoping that it was a recycling bin. But like, how did this kid convince him and the rest of the floor? Like, Chris Turk walked out the room and was like, "Yo, this is what we're gonna do." All right. <laughs> I know. I'm going to put him in a wheelchair. I know. I, I know. I, I just started. I know. I just started as a doctor right. here. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to roll a patient in a wheelchair down the hall. If you're a new doctor, don't try that at, at work, please. Well, that that and that was the great thing about the show. Also, is that he was held accountable for it. You know, uh, Kelso right away. And this is where Kelso mentors Turk. Kind of also, like we're not here to make friends. We're here to treat these patients, dude. Mm-hmm. Be a yeah. doctor. Yeah. I wanted to talk about um, the park, Sarah, you referenced it already, but I remember feeling really bad at, at nine minutes and 30 seconds slamming that little girl's face into the cake. That was hilarious. I wish it I was, could do that to my kids sometimes. <laughs> it was funny. I mean, it was funny on paper, but when we got there and she has that cute little face, and I was like, so you guys really want me to jam this girl's face into the cake? And they're Listen. like, yeah, you got to do it. You can't just like fake it. You got to do it. And I was like, and I talked to her. I was like, sweetie, are you okay with this? And she's like, yeah, sure. It's going to be funny. And I was like, all right, here we go. And I just jammed her head in it. And it felt really nice. Yeah. <laughs> listen, Sarah can attest to this. She has children. As much as we love our children. Oh, sometimes you want to just jam their face into a cake. Send their face into a cake. Especially when we're going to be that. quarantining for the near right. multiple, multiple days, months. If I had the opportunity... And I knew my wife wouldn't be pissed off at me for doing it. Rocco's face would have been slammed into a couple of his birthday cakes. I'm just into, put many, it out there right into many a cake. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I might need to go bake a couple cakes. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we have a caller. Hey, listeners. It's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix sleep mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash real friends. That's helixsleep.com slash real friends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. JLab Audio is personal tech designed for you that fits your life, looks cool, and offers surprisingly awesome value. Imagine the products and features you actually want and make sure the entire experience owning them is a great one. Always packing the most functionality and fun into every product at a truly accessible price. Zach, mm. let me tell you, JLab has these new luxury over-ear headphones called the JBuds Lux ANC. Yep. These seamlessly blend innovation and lab quality sound, all in these sleek headphones that guarantee an elevated listening experience. You can connect to multiple devices, customize your sound in the JLab app, and get over 70 hours of playtime. Well, buddy, those sound pretty cool, but have you heard of the JBuds ANC3? They are the smallest smart active noise-canceling true wireless earbuds you can find. You can also connect to multiple devices, but these come with a built-in USB-C charging cable and a noise-canceling 
microphone for crisp, clear phone calls. Use Real Friends for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval term. Apply. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, and handmade down in the boot making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacoba's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L F R I E N D S. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas only at Tacovas.com. All right, we're getting good at that whole break thing, Joel. Um, we're very lucky here on this show, Sarah Chalk, that we get to take a caller uh, once an episode and here she is. What's your What's your name? Alexis Torres. Alexis. <laughs> In my oh, best Don- Oprah. Donald just gave you an Oprah intro, Alexis. Uh, I know. Alexis. <laughs> oh, I was looking for your name. And the good thing about Zoom is it just says it right there. Alexis Torres Plumley. Right there on the bottom. <laughs> Alexis where, where Torres Alexis. Plumley. Donald, don't ruin the woman's hearing. She's in quarantine. Uh, I'm actually in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, right now. Oh, PA in all right. the house. My mm-hmm. family has a a steakhouse uh, nearby. Um, oh, really? Called the uh, the Glass Lounge. <gasps> oh, I haven't gone there yet, but it's awesome. <laughs> Will you go there? I, I I want you to go yeah. there. Tell them I it, sent you. If you're in the yeah. if, if you're in that area, go to the it's Glass gonna be, it's Lounge. It's going to be a while, buddy. It's going to be a while. Oh yeah, not now, obviously. But you know when no, when, when, I this, mean, when, when this yeah. when this nightmare is over, go check out the Glass Lounge. Yeah, I will definitely go for sure. All right, sure. well, thank you for coming on. And, and do you have a question? It doesn't have to be Sarah Chalk-focused. It doesn't, just because she's... <laughs> but just, if you want to, we understand. <laughs> I'm just saying... Alexis is I'm an intelligent saying, human, and okay. she probably knows the best person to talk to. But. I mean... We'll, we'll see. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, I have actually it's technically a question for all of you guys. Um, if you could switch roles with anyone in the series, any character... Who would it be, and how would you play their character? Would it be different than how it was originally played, or? That's a very good question. That's a Sarah, question. go wow. first. <laughs> I mean, if it meant that I could have Donald's dancing skills, 
Was the fantasy was that fantasy that Sarah and I were making out and and, and I was making out with you because she was yeah. you? Oh my yeah. god! So like dirty. it starts off where you guys are making out and then she's like, you fantasize about kissing Turk just now, didn't you? <laughs> oh and then I made out with Mandy Moore as myself. You were Mandy was dressed up as herself. No, Mandy was just herself, and you were dressed up as me. I think, right? I think that was a really beautiful moment in television history, right there. I didn't make out. I didn't make out with Judy in the pilot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we just watched that where you made out with the the model girl. Was that the pilot or is that the second episode? That was the second episode. Yeah, but so you'd like to be Donald if you could be anybody else is what you're saying. Well, if I could, if, if I could do that fucking poison dance. Or rowdy, that would be pretty low. <laughs> low pressure. Right. What about you, Zach? It's a very good question. I guess um, I would. I, it's funny because you don't want to pick. You want to have some screen time, right? You want to pick one of the seven, so you're going to have some good screen time. I think I would uh, choose uh, Johnny C. Just because um, he had such amazing. They just knew how to write for him so amazingly well, and he he was just. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think that I just love the all the material they gave Johnny. So I think that would be a really challenging, fun part to uh, even attempt to do. Even Nobody's going to pick I, Mash walking around in a banana hammock? I, that's who I was going to pick. If I could pick anybody, I guess it would be Mashio. Uh, okay. Because if I wanna... could get, but like we, we teased, we used to make fun of Mashio about running line and everything like that. But I had such a hard time learning my lines back then that I probably, it probably would have suited me to play Mash. You know, play, the fir- uh, you know the first thing, uh, the first the uh, step to uh, solving, uh, memorizing your lines, Donald, is to actually just do it. Or to read the script, actually. That's <laughs> read the script. <laughs> I love how you're always like, I just have a, such a hard time memorizing lines. I'm like, dude, you've been playing PlayStation in your dressing room. That's you all I look, did, yeah. You haven't even looked at it. No, yeah. Okay. All right. Do you have another question, Do you have another Alexis? question? We're going to answer a better one. No, okay. Yeah, your question um, sucked. That's what that he just go, said. No, he just I, pretty much said, right, I, I like okay. you. I like you. I'm creative. It was, it was thoughtful. We have Alexis, massive school. Alexis, I think you're spectacular, and I love Harrisburg, but I think you got a better question in you. Go. Uh, no, I don't know if I should ask. No, now you got to uh, ask. Um, what was something that you were super proud of back then that you did? Maybe it was a scene or a specific joke or anything like that, but then now since you guys are doing the rewatch and you've seen it now, you're kind of like, oh, that was as good as I remember. Well, that's a good question. Sarah, mm. as guest, you have to go first. Jesus, the pressure. I feel like, interestingly enough, like... You're like, I feel like, interestingly enough, I was just fucking amazing. I mean, I, I, mean, I thought you were amazing. Like, I I'm actually not... find the early stuff a little bit harder to watch. I feel like I learned so much on the show. I feel like I learned so much from Bill. I learned so much from the rest of the cast. And I feel like it's so different watching those early episodes eight years later. Certainly with Elliot too, the character changed a lot. Like in the pilot, we even did reshoots. She was much harder and much, you know, there was, she was a bit more of a, a biatch in the, in the, in the beginning. And then, and then we actually did a couple of reshoots to soften her. And then I think, you know, the, the line between me and her started to blur it's a first part of your question. What were you the most proud of? Certainly, interestingly enough, it's this is definitely one of those episodes. Like when I think back on the eight years, this is the first one to pop into my mind about just the kind of show that that Scrubs was, and and um, and then in terms of things to do differently. Well, that's just I mean, Sarah, I don't think you could have done everything differently. I wish that I could go back and um, and have a chin. Um, because I, this episode starts with the least flattering view of my non-existent chin. And in, and in later episodes, I, I would, I would look at the director and be like, bro, don't shoot me like that. I mean, I'm, I'm doing, 
I'm doing the best I can with what I have, but that's not the angle I want for myself. And and Bill, I don't know how many listeners know this, but Bill would like to add things that were actual real physical attributes and write them into the show. So characters would be named by their physical attributes. So like the the guy with the beard is beard face cuz he you know beard um, face. and uh, and so so for me, my character, you know, you had to say lines like short hair gives me pig face, which is not untrue. Um, oh my gosh. And, uh, and, and I, or there was one where I had, uh, my character was like, oh yeah, chin hair's back. Cause I have this mole where um, three hairs grow out of it. And so that was actually written into the show. By the way, my son said to me a few years ago, completely seriously, he's like, mama, I have terrible news. And I said, what? And he goes, you're growing a beard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so there were definitely moments on the show where he just had to go, okay, all in the name of comedy, I shall air out my biggest insecurities. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of how it worked too, like Bill would come up and he would watch us. And this is not common for every, you know, creator of a show to come up for every single rehearsal. He would come up from, you know, to the, to the set from the writer's room and the writer's room was in another wing of the hospital. He would tweak a lot of stuff. He would say, I actually don't love this blocking. I think how I'd had it in my head was X, Y, or Z. And, um, and he would, he would, he would tweak our performance and our jokes too, to the point where like a lot of times I think actors like don't like a line read. And I just had so much respect for him. I'd be like, yeah, just, if you've got some way in your head, just, you know, tell us and we'll do it. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you uh, for coming on. Thank you for Alexis! Alexis Plumley. Are you going to give her, are you going to give her the Oprah goodbye send off as well? Don? <laughs> Let's say goodbye to Alexis Torres Plumley. <laughs> you get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Alexis, we cannot give you a car. Well, I, yeah. I know. It's okay. <laughs> I can't go anywhere anyway. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yay. Yes. Go get a steak when this is all said and done at the glass lounge. All right. Thank you so much, Alexis. Bye. Thanks, Alexis. Later. You guys, at 11.49, one of my biggest regrets in the history of Scrubs is that I flinch right before those bricks fall on me. And I remember Bill being so disappointed in me because there were like four takes of it and I flinched every time. But it's pretty tricky to not flinch when you know a bunch. Of, I know that they're not real bricks, but it still was noticeably uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty hard not to, especially I feel like all that shit, like even if it was like a major pratfall or something, thing once you've done it once i feel like our best chance out of the gate is on your first take because the second you've done it once you know what's going to happen you know the feeling of it maybe you like tweak something a little bit in your shoulder and then it's kind of it's a wrap but this was early on in the show and i and i and i was i was really loving doing physical comedy and i always love physical comedy you reference john ritter i mean when i grew up on three's company and i just thought that john ritter was the funniest person i'd ever seen and I wanted to be like him. And Bill was giving me lots of love for my physical comedy. And this was the first moment where he like called me in the editor's room. He's like, dude, you flinched on every take. And I was like, no. Right. You blew it. And I was like, I let daddy down. Fucking blew it. The first time I was called out by, by Bill uh, after he left the editing room was, you guys will remember the day. Uh, we had been so lucky to get nominated for an Emmy. We were going and we were excited and I got to borrow this fancy dress and the stylist I'd never had a stylist before and she said so you need to go get it oh my god I remember this day this was the best and I said uh no I'm not going to do that I'm not going to go get a tan and she said okay go get a spray tan oh gosh and so I said okay so I think the Emmys were like on the Sunday and so on the Friday of work it might have been well before that it might have been well before that it might have been like 
maybe five days before or something like that, dude. Because we did the whole episode. We did, Wait, I let remember, her tell the oh story. Let her tell the story, guys. My bad. Okay. Okay. So I get to uh, I get to the tanning booth, and it's like that fucking episode of Friends where Ross becomes a nine instead of a three because it keeps spraying stuff at him. He doesn't turn around. It sprays again. It sprays again. <laughs> so I get in there, and you watch this little video, and you put this cream on your hands, and you got to spin around and do these weird poses. And I had like negative five minutes to get this done before going to set, and I put a hairnet over over my face so that I wouldn't tan my face. And then I rip that off and then the thing keeps spraying. And so I get to set and I'm, I'm tanned. And then tanned is not the words. No, I'm about to say, hold on now. You were fucking, on you now. were full umpa lumpa. Hold on no, now. no, not yet. Not yet. Because oh, what sorry. happens with this spray tan is it develops over time. Oh, okay. And so I was in the makeup chair and they did my makeup and we're doing these scenes. And then as the day goes on, I'm just getting like, more and more and more tanned and instead of actually tanned it was just more and more and more orange and so bill comes to talk harder than any special effect we've ever done on the show harder than the exact head explode um in the fantasy sequence is going to be making you look less like an oompa loompa Oh gosh! They were like, we're trying to float filters in front of your face because we can't color time it and just jack out. Like we can't just twine the knob and take out some of the color because we keep doing it. You're in a scene with Donald and then make Donald white. Dude, I'm going to say something right now. I remember, I remember when it happened. I remember you being on set and I remember saying to you, did you change something? Did you do your hair different or something like that? What's so different about (laughs) it? You and you were like, I, I remember, got 10. I remember just like kids in a in a family, the three of us, whenever one of us was in trouble, I, I was always so happy when it wasn't me. And you'd just be like, you'd just be on set, just kind of bouncing around like, oh shit, somebody's in trouble and it's not me. And Sarah is friggin' orange. <laughs> oh my God. It was so embarrassing. It's like we were That's laughing That's just like the time episode. I got the braces on the inside yeah, of my we were, mouth. We were Dude. laughing about that. When Donald showed up with braces, then he was like, so Bill, I got braces and nobody can even notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my the God. exact same thing. Oh, God. So How what long? did you do? Did you just have to go get him taken out? Yeah, right off. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he made me get him taken out. I got Invisalign in like season two. Everybody made so much fun of me. But I had to, I would like, I had to take him out like right before a take, but you're supposed to wear them like 22 out of 22. Like it was just, oh, it was a disaster. I just remember Donald. It was so funny watching him try to sell the bill that the, the braces, nobody was going to notice those braces on the inside of his teeth. It's going to be great. Everybody's going to love this. Nobody's even going to notice. And I think it's going to be great for my, it's going to be great for my teeth. <laughs> I remember I went, I went home that night after the spray tan and I had to scrub every ounce of my body. I just, my face and my, my body, I just was, like taking salt to it and then i did a movie in hawaii last year and the person wanted us to do a spray tan so lauren lapkus who plays the lead in the movie and i was supposed supposed to get spray tans i said i i've actually had a couple of really bad experiences with spray tans i don't recommend it i think it's just reacts with me the bad orangey way and they're like no no no. we have like the best people in hawaii they're gonna come they're gonna do it you're gonna love it so i come down the next morning the woman comes to your hotel room night four sprays you down i come down to the hair and makeup trailer and they are freaking out. They're like, your legs are orange. <laughs> and then Lauren Lapis hasn't seen any of this like preamble. She walks and she's like, who loves the spray tan? And they're like, Sarah, quickly go back up to your hotel room. Take some salt, scrub, scrub it all off. Get it all off quick. I'm like, okay, I'll be right back. Oh, oh. my God. So Sarah, I don't think spray tans are for you. No. Do you burn when you get into the sun? Uh, yes. She's very pale. Look at her. Look how pale she is. That was the other joke on this movie that we did in Hawaii. I would literally, in between, in between scenes, I would be, you know, completely 
covered up to the point where we would go out at night and all the, everyone else would be like, uh, chalk, do you have your sunscreen on? Like I just, I mean, wow. I, I burn. Let's talk about the scene, uh, but the dramatic scene, Sarah, I think your acting is really good here at 1703. There's this awesome scene where you and Judy, where Judy comes to get you and you're at the soda machine. I think this is a really, really good acting on your part. Was this your, was this the first big uh, monologue for you on the show? I thought you were going to say, was this the first time that you put in your iPod and listened to Josh Radin? Oh, oh, is that what you did? Oh, you're giving Josh Radin Was a it plug. Josh Radin or was it, who, what was it? I will remember you. Well, don't, don't take away her, re- don't take away her Josh Radin plug, Donald. Is this, okay, is but, that but, what you, is Josh it? Radin's gotten enough plugs on this show is that, is that, is that who you use to get to, to make your eyes, uh, to make yourself emotional and eyes tear up? Well, I was still young. I mean, at that point now, you know, you, as you grow older, you have many more experiences to draw from. But I used to use an iPod and I would play sad music and to kind of get into the mode. I don't, not then. That scene was kind of, it was very early on. It was enough. I mean, I remember just shooting it and it was. Uh, was it Baby's Got Back? I mean, there's something about the lyrics that you can see if you look very closely. If you stop, freeze the frame, you can see my hips just kind of undulating. My booty's shaking a little bit. Yeah, no, Josh Radin. Let's give him a plug, man. He he obviously was a soundtrack to many things. I I delivered my children to Joshua Radin's song. There you go. If you're gonna if you're gonna deliver your children, uh, and that's coming up, we recommend you use the musical stylings of Joshua Radin. Josh Radin sang the song. At my wedding, That's our first did, dance was to Josh Radin, and oh, he man. fucked up the song tremendously. He did, but I love him. Oh my god, he didn't even remember the song. <laughs> I got the video. Which I song got the of video. it? Which, which song of it was it? Uh, it was. Um, it which was. Song, uh, which song of his? No, was it was it? Moon Pours Through the Ceiling Tonight, Embraces Us with Light, and it, it was perfect for the uh, for the moment. The rest of my life can't, can't compare, compare to this night. night. Whoa, yeah. And only the heartaches have given me sight. They bring me to you, right? They bring me to you. He that- fucked it up the whole, he fucked up the whole song, dude. Well, that was I wish right. I could play. the opposite of a plug. No, it was, it's fun, dude. He did it. Listen, it's not every day you get somebody like, like him to, one, perform at your wedding, also to do it for free. So you know that he also performed at Ellen's wedding. He's he's got a lot of celebrity but they, weddings. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they paid him. I didn't have to pay him. And for that alone, and for, for, that, for that, we thank, we thank you. Josh Radin, you are one of my heroes. I Just, can't believe Donald didn't ask me to sing at his wedding, by the no, way. Sarah, Sarah has the worst Sarah, voice on, in the world, America. Let Sarah, me tell you something. Sarah. America and all other nations listening, don't Sarah. ever let Sarah sing. Windows These will break. These are what's this what's happening in my house. The windows are going. <laughs> I was conspicuously absent in the musical episode, and also. Do you remember when um, when the uh, when Daryl <laughs> when Daryl Hannah and Splash <laughs> says her name? That's what happens when Sarah. <laughs> I guess we haven't covered that yet. That you guys didn't ask me to help you record the opening song. Can you imagine? Do you like our song? I love your song. Yeah, Charlie Puth wrote the music, and Donald and I were, so were the, Donald and I were the lyricists. Well, we wrote the melody too, and then sent it to him. Well, the right. melody is. Right. Can kind we take of. credit for Melody? Melody was us. Charlie Puth is producer and, and and music writer. Right. And you and I are the lyricists. But we could also we also need to give a little shout out to sitcom shows from back in the day like the Jeffersons. Oh yeah. And, Someone and, said on, on Twitter, I, I thought it was it was right. It said it's a mix between the Brady Bunch theme and the Jeffersons theme. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really uh, perfect. Sarah, do you find yourself singing our theme song when you're uh, in your house uh, in quarantine? It's, it's, you know, I, I, I've actually learned it. I, I've got, I'm learning the guitar or the ukulele actually. And I've, I'll send you guys a clip of me singing it and you, you know, I'll leave it in your hands if you my want girl, to put it on my, the show. My girlfriend caught me, uh, on the treadmill listening to our theme song and laughed <laughs> at me, not with me, at me. <laughs> <laughs> You're proud of it. You're proud of it. Things I noticed about the show, about this show. Go ahead. I had no idea that I bopped that hard in the hallway. And when I say bop, I mean, like I had the straight up. My walk is legendary, dude. A strut. Is it like a strut? It's like a strut. But it's like so over the top, dude. It's so over the top. It's like George Jefferson when he would This is exactly like George Jefferson. (laughs) It's like so heavy. It's like, yo, dude, why are you going so hard with that? And I just your inspiration? Do you remember who your inspiration was? It's always Sherman Hemsley. Sherman Hemsley. Always. I wanted to say something about uh, the scene I... In 1907, there's the I have this dramatic scene with Catherine Houston, and it was the first time I ever had the balls to go to Bill because I, I thought I did a good job, and then he showed me a, an, an edit of it, and he had taken out some of my dramatic pauses. And it was one of the first times in my acting career where I was like, I was like, I gotta go talk to him because he's making me look like a bad actor. He's he's taking out the pauses, like you know, because you know the show had to be cut down to 22 minutes or something. And I remember Bill going like, dude, there's no time. It's 22 minutes. There's no time for pauses. There's no time for dramatic pauses. <laughs> and, um, and I think in the end, he put, he put a little bit back. But it was like, it was when she goes, are you okay? And, and then I go, I'm scared. And, and, and then when I saw it edited together for the first time, I was like, are you okay? I'm scared. And I was like, oh, that makes me look really bad. And this is a thing that actors, I'm sure, uh, I know as a director, feel all the time sometimes. You look and go, why did you cut me like that? Like on the day, I thought I was doing a much better job. But if you take out that pause and cut to me like like that, I I, I don't look as good as I want to be. You know, I'm sure you guys had that feeling throughout the show sometimes. Well, yeah, you know, you we we would tell jokes sometimes, and jokes wouldn't make the show. And you know, we'd, we'd have moments where we thought, you know, we were crushing it, and then only to see, you know, the editors and Bill decided to use the reaction shot instead of your actual you know instead of or your performance right or the joke's just completely gone right yeah well, i love that i love that scene that you're talking about zach it was one of my favorite ones in the in the episode when you know she tells you to go and live your life and you're like you know uh-huh uh-huh i'm just taking on a few things and you go up to the the thing and you're kind of pretending and- i don't want to go and and then it's always you know my father who, who who passed away recently uh always always would reference this moment in scrubs that he he thought it was so incredibly moving the idea of a of an older woman comforting a young doctor about death and and he said i just he you know he was he's like i never seen anything like that before and 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 when I was just watching it this time, I I just remember how much he would always reference that because it was so so beautiful that that sentiment that that JD doesn't know how to deal with death yet, but here's this older woman who's ready to go, and she's the one comforting him about it. I just thought that was beautifully written. Somehow managed to also be funny in parts. That was what mm-hmm. I couldn't believe. Like when she's just like, everybody dies. No, they don't. Yeah. Right. No, they don't. No, they don't. Right. The Schmeifel to the Meifel Tower. Um, <laughs> the Meifel Tower. Have you ever been yeah. up the Meifel Tower? What about the Meifel that, Tower? That that being said, that whole li- the whole list thing, especially with the way things are right now, that whole list thing got me to thinking. You know what I mean? I don't have any regrets in my life or anything like that. But there are certain things that I still want to do. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, we're in quarantine and it doesn't seem like 
you know, it doesn't feel like we're going to get out of this anytime soon. You know what I mean? Not to sound morbid or dark or anything like that. But it, when JD brings up the list and she's like, I've done all of those things already. It really made me think like, well, you know, when this is over, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I get out and I live a lot more than I did before. You know what I mean? And, well, that's uh, interesting. I mean, it, 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 this quarantine thing, I, I agree. I think it gives you perspective. And, and, and I've just been feeling focusing on gratitude a lot because I just think that like when all this is so insane and it makes you focus on how lucky we are and, and, and what we want to appreciate in, in life. You know, they just the, the simple things like being able to go to a restaurant with friends and laugh and have a drink. And I, I don't know. I, I, it's interesting you say that. So have you made a list, Donald? Are you making lists of things you want to do? I, I'm, I'm going to start a list. I know a lot of it has to do with my kids and making sure that they get to experience a lot of the things that I didn't experience when I was a kid, when I was young. You know what I mean? Uh, I try to do that now, but I feel like maybe... I need to go a little bit overboard and then, you know, have my wife tell me we need to dial it back a little bit. Uh, we're going too far. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's certain things that my kids have never done that, and that's because I don't do it. You know what I mean? And I don't want to, I don't want to do that to them. I want them to have that experience and that adventure. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's also because we don't know when this is over. We don't know how long we're going to be doing this for. And it, doesn't seem to be short. It obviously it sounds like potentially until we have a vaccine. Who knows? Who knows how long this chunk of our lives is, and what it looks like, and whether it opens back up. I feel like as impossible it is, it is, and as trite as it's like trying to be in the moment and trying to figure out what like the rare times with them that I have now that are so hard to get in the, like in the everyday. You think about how much time you spend in the car driving them to activities, doing whatever and and when work takes over and that becomes so all consuming and I feel like as much of it is that that we can squeeze out just here, like just sitting with them. Like I was reading something the other day saying, you know, people are worried about their kids getting behind in education. What if they actually came out ahead? And I thought that was such a cool way to look at it. Like kids, this is going to form who they are and who they become. And what if they, what if they actually start to appreciate the small things that we're starting to appreciate right now, instead of just the grind of everyday life. And what if they actually learn to do meaningful chores at home and learn the, the, the value in that and learn how to, you know, actually be I hear you. You know, the only thing I worry about with all of that is their social skills when this is all said and done. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I worry about. But yeah, you know, we got this kid reading. You know, she's on sight words and we're trying to get her to read and stuff like that. And we're working with math and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, there's something special about being around other children their age to interact with. You know what I mean? It's so true. I know my heart breaks for only kids who are, you know, having to go through this right now with no yeah. no kids to play with. It's really hard. The show ends with a Hallelujah by John Cale, which has been covered by lots of folks. Um, I thought this was a particularly beautiful uh, rendition. And uh, again, I think it was the first real time I noticed the show ending with a with a sweet, somber, uplifting song in a, in a beautiful way, cutting to the montage. And I got, I wrote down, I got goosebumps at 2014 when we, when we all three whip our heads around, um, yeah, revealing that we've all, it's not one in three. In this case, the odds have, have fallen. So we've lost three of three. Uh, I, I, I got goosebumps up and down my arms at that moment. I thought that was really beautifully done. Absolutely. So shocking when that happens, right? Like as a viewer, I think you're not expecting that. You're kind of waiting for that statistic that they set up at the beginning. Mm. And then we end the show and 
this is and this is what I was saying a few episodes before. Sarah, you weren't here for this, but it's really important for doctors to be able to pick themselves back up after something like this happens. And you know, it's also very important that this happens to these young doctors at an early time, so they do know how to set up boundaries and do know how to set up walls to help them be professional. It's tragic that it has to be death that does it, but yeah, you know, to lose someone you care about and then show up the next day at that job, it's it's very difficult. I can't I I I can't imagine it. I I find it difficult to watch and it's very difficult to experience, I would imagine. And that with that and that piece of it's so cool that the show kind of shows that right after with all you know, Turk going back and, and introducing himself right. to the patient, JD taking the time to go be on the grass, Elliot kind of figuring out how to take charge. And that was kind of cool too. Johnny C's conversation with Elliot when he says you made the right call, you did. Yeah. And she says, I know. And I don't, I didn't remember that. And when I saw that, I, you know, just sort of having her take that confident position. Yeah. yeah. That was really powerful. I was really powerful. I thought. Okay. Um, listen guys, we did it. We did. A, I'm, I'm so glad Sarah, we had you because we wanted to have you on this one because we all keep saying this was a very special episode for all of us. And, um, thank you for, uh, for coming on. And, and I hope, you know, we're having fun doing this. I hope that Donald and I both hope that you'll come as, as, as many times as, as you're willing to and, and, uh, and rewatch the show with us. I loved it. It was so fun. It was so fun to do. Um, so is that a yes? Was that a yes? That was a very non-committal yes. That was a yes. very odd. That, like... is, that is, I'm in. You just, you know where I am, right, guys. Cool. I'm not doing anything. How do you right. say, how do you say goodbye in Canadian, Sarah? I think it's goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Wait, is it something like, au revoir? That's French. That's well, you know, there's a lot of them speak French up there, Donald. Oh, that's a bilingual country here, guys. Is it? Yes. On that note, uh, Donald, if you'll lead us in song, uh, why got Donald? Why I can't I lead us in song? Sarah, you can lead us in song. Uh, we we will now, uh, Donald, count us in, please. One, a two. I prefer it when you count down, like Debbie. Five. Okay, you got big dreams. Yeah, you, you, you want you, fame. You take the monologue this time. Well, fame costs. And right here is where you start paying. In sweat. Five, six, seven, eight. Here's some stories about a show we made. About a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's some stories that you all should know. So gather around to hear our, gather around to hear our, Scrubs Rewatch Show with Zach and Dono. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, 
style, and service are some of the best features of Tacovas. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacovas will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And point your toes west. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.